the whole field of medicine says that they will try to get rid of the disease. Right. Okay. So we're going in a direction that needs to kind of be stopped in that way because it's like my oldest son. He's a retired orthopedic surgeon. Yes. When he came through Phoenix, he was going to start his practice in Del Rio, Texas. Hmm. He said, Mom, I'm real scared. He said, I'm going into the world. I'm going to have people's lives in my hands. I don't know if I can handle that. Hmm. And I said, well, Carl, if you think you're the one that does the healing, you have a right to be scared. If, if you can understand that you have learned medicine, you know, something in medicine that is really important and people will need this. They'll need the work that you can do. But yes. when you've done your job, then you support the patient as they start their own job of healing the body. It's your job now to allow them and support them as they go about the business of, of healing their own body. Hey friends, welcome back to the Good Life Podcast. As you may have heard in the season update, I've updated the name of the show. It's simply the Good Life Podcast, a show for women in midlife who wanna live happier, healthier, and more meaningful lives. We are kicking off this latest season with Dr. Gladys McGarry, also known as the mother of holistic medicine. She's recognized as a pioneer in the allopathic and holistic medical movements, and she's also a founding diplomat of the American Board of Holistic Medicine. She's the co-founder and past president of the American Holistic Medical Association, as well as the co-founder of the Academy of Parapsychology and Medicine, and the founder of the International Academy of Clinical Hypnosis. Dr. Gladys lives and works in Scottsdale, Arizona, where for many years she shared a medical practice with her daughter. She currently has a medical consulting practice, maintains a healthy diet, and enjoys a good piece of cake every now and then. She also has a great TEDx talk, which I will be linking in the show notes. There's so many things that I want to say about Dr. McGarry. She's so inspiring. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Uh, just a little backstory. Her parents were osteopathic doctors who were helping people in the jungles of India. And in her early years, she, Dr. McGarry grew up in India and from the very young age of two knew she wanted to become a physician. She's got an incredible life story, which you can learn more about in her book, but I hope you enjoy this interview that I did with her. As always, when I'm interviewing a doctor, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and not to be considered medical advice. It's with deep pleasure and honor that I present this interview with Dr. Gladys McGarry. So let's get into the show. Here we go. Welcome, Dr. McGarry. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> You've written the most beautiful book called The Well lived life, a 102-year-old doctor's six secrets to health and happiness at every age. 
I think that we all aspire to be living uh, to 102 and uh, excited to learn from you today. Thank you. Um, I do have to acknowledge you. Your book is so beautiful. I was telling you before we hit record that it resonated deeply with me. There's such, uh, when you hear truth, I think your soul remembers and goes, oh yeah, this feels right to me. And so it's just so beautiful. I felt grounded and joyful from reading it. Thank you, because that was intended. (laughs) It was received. It was truly received. Well, um, you have had such an interesting life. I feel like I could see it as a movie. Have you ever thought of that or a documentary? It's Yes, my, my oldest daughter wrote my biography, and it could be turned into a movie anytime. She did a beautiful job. Oh, I'd love to read that. Um, absolutely. I mean, just your parents were pioneers. You have been a pioneer in your life. Um, and I'm excited for my audience to learn more about you. Um, in in the book, you write, uh, no, I don't run. I do occasionally do Pilates. And yes, I do eat cake. I really love cake. And I even popped out of one for my 95th birthday. How is this an example of how you approach life? And what can we learn from your outlook? Well, some friends of mine built this box that was big enough for me to sit in, and they put it on wheels and wheeled it into the uh, auditorium where I was, but I was inside of it. And so when it stopped, I popped the lid open (laughs) and I swished out my shawl and I sashayed out onto the path platform and it was just fun. I mean, it was something that I could do and it was fun to do. This last 102 birthday, I bought myself a, for my birthday present, an adult tricycle and I rode it <laughs> out onto the platform. <laughs> because the tricycle, has, the tricycle has a huge uh all, you know, message to, t- to talk to people. It's got two back tire, a lot wheels. Yes. Is what's the body and the mind. And then it's got the front, no, it, it's got the two back ones and they ha- hold it together. That's the body and the mind. Yes. But it hadn't done anything at, about the front until it put the front wheel on, which is what is our whole spirit. That's beautiful. That started the whole American Holistic Medical Association is because we were able to, we were needed that f- front wheel, which of course has to be directed by the person sitting inside. So the, the whole, the tricycle is a perfect example of living medicine with the guiding factor being the person sitting on there. On that seat. It's beautiful. That gave me goosebumps. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, you've been a pioneer in the medical world. You're known as the mother of holistic medicine. And you write in your book, starting in the 1950s, alongside my husband, Dr. Bill McGarry, I began to research and discuss ideas that were cutting edge at the time. The thought that we are souls having a human experience, that some part of us is interconnected with each other, and that we come here as part of a personal and collective mission of growth in healing. How did you know that there was something more and something missing from the traditional model? And I imagine it was very uh, 
revolutionary. You know, I wonder how that was received back then. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I knew when I was two that I was going to be a doctor. So that I, I just had to follow what was inner within me. And I got into medical school. And when I was there, the, the dean sent me to the psychiatrist twice because she felt that I didn't know what it was all about. And uh, and she was very angry that the psychiatrist didn't agree with her. So, But it's this inner awareness that we all have. Yes. If we just pay attention to it. Yes. The problem is that um, other people don't really understand that, and it takes a while. So, <laughs> you know, you, 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 when we started the we started the AHMA uh, because there were other doctors who were friends of mine, and we were saying, you know, there's something really wrong here because what we're being taught is a war against disease. Yes. And we don't need to kill disease. We don't need to kill pain. We need to actually let pain and, and diseases tell us what it is that our body is trying to tell us. Yes. And sometimes we don't need to get rid of it at all. Look at uh, Kennedy. I mean, these were our presidents who had chronic, serious illnesses that they could, they didn't get over. Yes. They didn't get uh, you know, they didn't destroy them, and the di the diseases didn't destroy them either. You know, if the diseases were there for a purpose, and they yes. whether they recognized them or not, I don't know. But it certainly didn't stop them from using their juice. I would like to talk about juice because I actually this was one of the parts of the book that I absolutely loved. Can you explain? Since it's your term, you know what you consider. What is our juice, and how do we how do we embrace that and find that juice? Because I think a lot of people are missing some juice right now. <laughs> oh, well, they don't know that they that it's available. Yeah. What it is, is juice? What is our juice? Well, we have never accepted that inner urge that was is within each one of us. Yeah. That says, that makes me. It makes me laugh. That makes me happy. Or, wow, that's something that makes me sit up straight. Or something that, oh, isn't that adorable? I mean, something that teaches us and speaks to us deep inside. And sometimes it's just for a moment. And you, you're, oh, yes, this is, this is what life is about. And the, yes, if you're looking for it, you find it. If you don't know that it's there, you can't look for it, so you don't find it. And it's it's so important, I think, for, for those of us who know about the juice, who have, know, who have felt it and know that we really need to spend that juice to share that. Fortunately, my mother was a beautiful example of this. Mm. I mean, the way she lived her life and the, and did the things that she did was uh, uh, really important for me to watch and see and think, yeah, that makes, yeah, that's right. And when I didn't see it in the medical field that I was being uh, worked into, yes, I knew that we had to do something else. 
It's and, courageous. Yes. And then, you know, it took us two years to figure out how to spell holistic because the word holistic has to have a right, a root word of health, healing, and holy. And so, of course, it had to be with an H. But it was, <laughs> we all had our own ideas about what it should be. But there you are. I love that. So instead of a W, was it that the debate between a W or an H? And right. then the three H's, the health. What did you say? The health? The, the health, healing, healing, and holy. Holy. Oh, how beautiful. The mind, body, and the spirit in a sense. It's that tricycle again, right? right. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I know my audience is going to say, please ask Dr. Gladys, what does she eat and do habits, any routines? I think people want like a formula for, uh, you know, health and longevity. But what what do you say to that? I mean, is there anything that you do? First of all, I say, find your own. Mine, mine may not fit with, for you. Hmm. But I, at this age, I, uh, have my the amazing cell cell phone, which tells me how many steps I've taken a day, and I with my walker I go three thousand eight hundred steps a day. I started out at a thousand and worked up wow. because I you know it's it's something that your life needs to keep moving, mm. and as we move we grow and we understand and we learn. Yes. But if we don't, you die. You can't. Life has to move. So I I, I do that. And uh, I've been blessed to be able to have a full body massage once a week for 50 years. Wow. An amazing massage therapist. And he, wow. you know, we've this is something, a path that we've gone down. And I've had this full body massage every week. Well, well, there are weeks when you don't, but of course. But yeah, so that's important. Wow. And and I, I just I never have smoked, and I don't. I think alcohol is kind of useless for for me, so I don't use it. And um, then just eat what is, is normally, you know, if when I, when I was in India, it was the Indian food. Yes. So that was great. When I was in Afghanistan, it was Afghanistan. When I was when I'm here, I eat what my son John can <laughs> get on the table for me, and we can work it together. You know, <laughs> it, it's what's available. Yes, yes, and I think I've heard you say like we know it's healthy, right? Oh, so it's yeah. and we know maybe what feels good in our body, and maybe what we should be getting rid of too. Yes, and and what is right for me isn't right for you That's you know important. i mean yes. i may give you a real bellyache it, it so happens i love red pepper <laughs> you wonder why but uh in india we use that and but that's not right for other people so do, i didn't say that <laughs> i understand no that's an important message and you talk about uh a lot of healing that um we have to understand that the physic that the, there's a physician within. Can you speak to this? Because I think this is important. Because I think when somebody gets a diagnosis that's scary, we want to maybe just we hope that somebody can heal us. What yeah. do you say to that? Yeah, we want 
the whole field of medicine says that they will try to get rid of the disease. Right. Okay. So we're going in a direction that um, has, needs to kind of be stopped in that in that way because it's like my oldest son. He's a retired orthopedic surgeon. Yes. When he came through Phoenix, he was going to start his practice in Del Rio, Texas. Hmm. He said, Mom, I'm real scared. He said, I'm going into the world. I'm going to have people's lives in my hands. I don't know if I can handle that. Hmm. And I said, well, Carl, if you think you're the one that does the healing, you have a right to be scared. If, if you can understand that you have learned a, a medicine, you know, something in medicine that is really important, and people will need this. They'll need the work that you can do. But when you've done your job, then you support the patient as they start their own job of healing the body. It's your job now to heal you, to allow them and support them as they go about the business of, of healing their own body. Yes. And it's that awareness that within us, there's that reality. And, and medicine hasn't taught that. No. Now, osteopathic medicine has taught that. Yes. And interestingly enough, my parents were both students of, of A.T. Still. And um, A.T. Still spent 10 months at least on, the, on I think it was the, the uh, Cherokee Reservation learning from the shaman. Wow. He couldn't, when he started writing about his ideas and the concept that he was, he couldn't tell, talk about that. He would never have been heard. So he had to, I just found that out from a friend who is a, a Native American physician and so on. So it's it's that awareness that is there but yes. the field of medicine has forgotten because we started in my life the the whole uh, medical practice uh, learning started because I started medical school in September and the war started in December so the whole training throughout that whole time was killing and you know getting rid of pain Yes, and which was that World War uh, One, Doctor Gladys? Two, no. World War Two. Sorry, I'm not doing my own history well. Sorry, there we go. World that's War Two. Right. Yes, that's that's right. I remember that when they moved yeah. you to India, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So World War Two. Yeah, I I can just imagine, especially as a, a female physician too. Uh, there was a lot of uh, patriarchal systems in place, and you you wrote about how women were you you know you weren't embraced when you were one of the, in the hospital initially with by one of the doctors yes. and you know and then here you are pioneering something that has transformed and helped so many people heal when they felt like there was no path for them so i have gratitude for you oh yes <clears throat> it's very courageous um you write in the book and i love this you wrote each of us came here to do something and as I see it, true health has nothing to do with the diagnosis of a disease or prolonging life just for the sake of it. It's finding out who we are, paying attention to how we're called to grow and change and listening to what makes our heart sing. So this is the idea of the juice, right? Right, right. And then then 
if there's um, challenging times though, so let's say we're connected to our Jews, but then life, you know, we're following that Jews, but life's saying, giving us a hard time. (laughs) What do we do when things are challenging and yet we want to pursue what makes our heart sing, but we're, we're dealing with realities of, you know, a lot of challenging things. It could be a medical diagnosis. It could be a failed, you know, business that isn't taking off, but you know, this is your calling. How do we, how do we get into action through that? Like, what do we do? Well, you just have to live through it. People talk about getting over it. No, these kind of soul problems that you live with. Yes. You don't just get over them. It's not like skipping rope. You have to live through them. If you can live through them, you, first of all, you accept the fact that they are there. The whole process of denial is something that can put just put the process off for a long time. Yes. But sometime you just get to the point where you have to say, I, okay, this is what it is. And, and I just absolutely, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I can't understand it. Why did it happen? And you go through the dark night of the soul. Mm. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a very, very hard place to go through. Yes. Fortunately, I had a lot of help because I had my children and and uh, through life there have been what I call living angels who have stepped up and helped me. But I, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to have a community because we're not here by ourselves. We're yes. here to be important in somebody else's life yes and in their importance is important you know it's sort of like a jigsaw puzzle yes jigsaw puzzle the piece fits where it fits it doesn't fit any place else i've tried (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work i've tried to (laughs) so Uh, but those every aspect of that puzzle touches other aspects of other people's puzzles you know so it's it's an ongoing process and we are here to learn and then we teach and women are real good about that in part we are teachers because we have to do that with our our children and with each other so uh women that intuitive femifestation of our own process is very important to share with other people with other people not just women but the men need it too so uh yeah it's beautiful do you know i i did a solo cast recently where i just talk on my podcast by myself and it was literally on living angels so when i read that in your book about the human angels that you experienced it really touched me because uh, I think we forget that there are people here who can guide us and help us at times when we need them. Oh, they're here. And it's, it's so amazing. You know, sometimes you don't even recognize them until time has gone by and you think, I couldn't have done it without her. You know, I, well, he stepped up when I really needed it. That's right. You know? It's so beautiful. Um, I found it interesting that you pay attention to dreams. I think dreams are uh, confusing to many of us, and I thought it was beautiful. And your dreams seem to really, you know how to let them serve you. Any 
Can you give us some advice about that? Because I'm somebody who very much, who dreams a lot, but I don't really know how to unpack those dreams to make sense of them. What do you say? What, what so, do you think the role of the dreams are? When you know, it's a good thing to write them down because you'll forget them, or uh, you know. But if you get get a dream journal and just put the dreams down. And sometimes it's good to connect it with what's going on in your life at the time. Mm. And people like Jung and so on have written about dreams. And it, it's a wonderful study mm. because then, then you begin to look it up, you know, begin to see what does this, what does the foot symbolize? And think, and then you begin to, what does, what does my foot do? My foot the sole of my foot touches the ground. So it gets me in contact with the earth. Mm. So it's part of my soul. Mm. So if you have a dream about you going barefoot or something like that, it's what part of the foot was it that did this? You know, if you take your, your body as your teacher, which yes. it is, and then you begin to look at what, how, how, what's it doing? You know, okay, body, what, what, what's that figure doing that doesn't sit straight? You know, yes, it's it's a getting more aware of the reality. Yes, of the of the everything around us is a teacher. Hmm. How the plants grow and how the wind blows and. These are all things that we learn and we live with and we understand at a soul level, but we don't think about until yes. we actually start thinking about them. And when we do, that's when that ties right in with dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful study. It's been huge in my life and in my kids' lives. What's a piece of advice that you would love to give to your younger self that we can learn from as well? Well, just don't give up. In fact, <laughs> I can, my, that was for my dad. I can see him now looking at me. I was doing something. He's looking at me. Are you a quitter? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> it's that kind of awareness of what's going on within your life. And people teach us how to actually understand ourselves. And as we do that, it's um, we learn. And, and I swear, being 102, I learn something new every day. There is so much to be learned. And uh, either talking to my kids or talking to somebody or having something come up in a dream or, or, you know, something happened. There's something to be learned every day. That's beautiful. And, and so it's a growth process. Yes. Well, I understand that you have a 10 year plan and you uh -huh. believe people should have 10 year plans. Uh -huh. um, can you share with us your plan, your vision? I absolutely have to. <laughs> within my soul, create, help create a village for living medicine, which starts with the birthing center, a loving birth center, because what's happened to birthing 
in our culture is really it's it's bad. Yes. We've taken away the power from women. Women don't know that they can birth babies. They think they have to be delivered of babies. Mm. We deliver pizza. We deliver speeches. We don't deliver babies. Wow. I'm trying to teach myself that I have not delivered any babies. I've helped women birth their babies. And it's that reclaiming the power that we all have. But the village for living medicine is something that I think I've always, well, growing up in the in the villages in, in India where they needed so much. And my parents were there to give what they could give. But I knew that there was more that needs to be done. And a village is where you, everybody knows everything that's going on within the village. Yes. And they are there to support each other. And the things that, that, that the a pharmacist does in the pharmacy at the village for living medicine is right for that village. And it's, oh, wow. so it's a, a, a corp, incorporates what's happening there and what's the, the village itself accepts. And so, the, the, in fact, the, the sanctuary itself within the village has no walls. And it doesn't have a roof in my vision of it. Yes. Because it it has to be a living thing. You have to have areas where people can come and go within the sanctuary. You would do services and whatever you want to do. But you don't keep people out of the sanctuary. The sanctuary is a place that allows people if they need time to come in, they need time to come in. And and so it becomes that kind of a process. But it has its it has its birthing center and across you have a, a area that I ca- call aging into health. So it's you age into the whole dying, so it's from lust to dust. Mm-hmm. And then you have the research center. And the education center. So you've got a a whole center that is dedicated to these different aspects of life itself and life of each of, of each one of us. So it's it's a I have to live long enough to see this happen. Yes. Because it's a, a soul desire, mm. but it's more than that, it's a soul mission. Yes. What's the most common question you get asked about being 102? <laughs> Everyone probably wants to know your well, secret I, to longevity, right? Is that it? Or they ask, it's just that. It What's is. it like to be 102? Yes. And I say, it's great. I love it. But I can't tell you what it's like to be 102. Yes. Because you have to find your own 100 tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anything I didn't ask Dr. Gladys that you would like to leave the women listening with today? My audience is women in midlife and, you know, navigating different seasons. Anything you'd like to share? Well, I yes, I I have a friend who's very psychic and um, she has talked about femifestation. Okay. And as in, well, actually, it was a result of a dream. I had a dream in which I woke up 
with a bang, I woke up thinking, what was that? And I was sort of in and out of the dream. And I was standing in a a valley in the high Himalayas. And on the right-hand side, there was a young woman sprawled out, just stretched out in a little dress. She looked just barely breathing. On the left-hand side, there was a huge man all in armor in the same position, just barely breathing. And the voice said to me, you have to do something about this. They've been fighting each other for eons. They've just been doing this together. They need to do this. Mm. And so I called this, I had the dream and I was really (laughs) juiced up about it. And I called this friend and she says, well, I've been thinking about femifestation and manifestation. And so as we talked about it, femifestation is the ability that we as women have. It's sort of like a spiral. You can be on the fifth level and know what's going on in the second level. Mm. It's, it's that kind of energy. Manifestation is the actual accomplishment of something. Right. Get your degree, you, 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 know, you accomplish something. So you manifest, but you the femifestation is what allows you to get to the point where you can manifest. Think about a pregnancy. Wow. <laughs> you know, you manifest the baby. Yes. The whole time that you're pregnant, you're femifesting. And and I think it's acknowledging within us the power that we women have. Yes. And using it. Using it and not letting it dry up and not letting, not be, not being afraid of sharing it because the sharing it makes it worthwhile. So powerful. I love it. I love how your mother was also that mentor to you. And now you are passing that forward for all of us. And you've been brave and a, and a pioneer. And there's a fire in you. You've got that fight that you talk about in the book. And I think um, I can't wait to see your living village. And I am sending you blessings and love for all of that to to not just manifest, but fem, femifest. How would we say? Femifest yeah. for it's you. It's a good word. It's a fantastic word and it's going to take off. It's going to take <laughs> off <laughs> with you sharing that. I love that so much. It's true because manifestation and here we are, feminine, yeah. the femis, femistation, femi, femist, femist, femifest. I'm going to write that down. We got we to make that a, a thing. I think you've now pioneered something new that we need to sit with. Um, I have so much love and gratitude for you for the work that you've done. Right. And that you continue to do, and for your beautiful book. Again, it's called The Well Lived Life, a 102 year old doctor's six secrets to health and happiness at every age. And it's everyone needs to pick up a copy of the book and learn. There's so much wisdom in there and just beautiful stories. So thank you so much uh, for everything that you're doing. I will be directing people to gladysmcgarry.com, and your book is available everywhere books are sold. Um, all of the show notes for today will be over at thegoodlifecoach.com for people to buy the book and connect with the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Grateful. So, so grateful to you today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration 
for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.